Hey, podcast listeners. Sean and Trevor here from Table Reads. Hey, everybody. I'm here, too. He's there. I move around, okay? I'm like Andrew Dice Clay. I got moves. I'm over here now. You like that, honey? Wow. Alrighty, this promo's off to a rocky start. Experience the worst Hollywood has to offer with readings of the scripts you never wanted. Listen, it's bad scripts, guys, that were written, and they, we got the two worst people in the world to read the scripts, me and Sean. <laughs> this is Table Reads with Sean McBee and Trevor Thompson. Let's just give them that. Fuck them. <laughs> Every Tuesday, right here on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network, or visit TableReadsPodcast.com. Oh. You should put that at the end. Yeah. Let's just give them that. Fuck yeah. them. <laughs> Rising like the phoenix from the ashes, fueled by the powers of wisdom, courage, and power, we are the powerful Nerdcast, my friends. Hello, and welcome back to another awesome episode. We have got one hell of an episode for you guys, because we just have way too much to talk about. Christian, are you glad to finally be back? I am glad to be back. I am glad to be in the studio. I'm glad to be talking about all these damn movies and video games and TV shows on Netflix and all the travels that we've been doing. That is right. To say the least, we've been really busy lately. We've been to some really cool places like Las Vegas and New Orleans and your mom's house. And they've all been pretty freaking incredible, to say the least, and very giving. I will say, but we do have many other things that we need to talk about, and that's because for like the last month, I think our lives have been consumed by the Nintendo Switch and the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, a game so popular that many people are considering it the best open world game ever made, and I'm most interested to hear from you because you're pretty like... Okay, so yeah, let me jump in there. Yeah, If, If I had to say, is this the best open world game ever? I would say yes. <laughs> wow. I would say yes because look, I love Grand Theft Auto and I can play the ever living shit out of Grand Theft Auto. But a, but with Zelda, man, you can just get lost walking places and find interesting things in every corner and like even if you start googling like where's the next shrine, you still have to solve it. You know, like even if you want to know where the cool swords are, you still have to go there and earn them. They're not just like just sitting in the treasure chests for you. You still have to go do something to get to them. Mm-hmm. I-, I think Zelda, Breath of the Wild, is one of the best games I've ever played, hands down. It's a very good game. Why is it a good game? Well, thank you for asking, Christian. It's a good game because you can play it. And not do anything and just have a good time. Just as much as if you were going to go fight the biggest boss in the game or, you know, you had the objective of 100%ing the game. You're going to have as much fun as when you first start playing the game to when you end. Because, like, it's just really good. And on top of that, you can play it for 15 minutes or two hours and it feels like the same experience. Mm. Which is, I think, a really great thing, too, because, you know, originally The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was meant to be like the swan song to the Nintendo Wii U, which was a failed system, of course, but they decided to port it over to the Switch, and one of the main features of the Nintendo Switch is that you can take it with you wherever you go, and portable games are meant to be played on the fly real quick, if you're on a train ride, if you're on a plane, if you only have five minutes to kill, and they've managed to incorporate that into this game, which I think is a really difficult thing to do because it's easy to get overwhelmed in this game. You know, I I play a lot of Nintendo games. I'm a hardcore Zelda fan. I've played every single game in the franchise. And I I can honestly say that this has been the most overwhelming Zelda experience that I've ever had. I've had the game since its release date. Still haven't beaten the game yet. And I know that I've played well upwards of over 50, possibly 70 plus hours into this fucker. And a lot of my time is spent just, okay, I see this little shrine. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to solve the puzzle. 
but I get interrupted by small things like seeing a camp to the side, and I'm like, ooh, there's a chest over there, I can get that. But there are three trees over there that are inexplicably next to each other and look a little strange. I bet there's a Korok over there, when suddenly a giant rock monster just explodes out of the ground, and then I look up and there's a giant dragon flying over my head. You are overwhelmed by the amount of things to do in this game, and what's most amazing about this, because I know a couple of people that own the game, all of our experiences have been completely different. We all have different stories to tell and our very own adventures that we went on. And considering this is a series that is very heavily based in its story and its lore, it's amazing that this game even exists at all. Everybody is creating their own personal Zelda experience. And for you, who've never actually like played a real Zelda game for you, never, for to actually jump never, into ever. this, man, I envy that so much because there are so many little callbacks in this game to the previous games in the series. And I envy the fact that this is a fresh experience for you, that you've never seen these characters before, that you've, you're, you're seeing Zoras and Gorons for the very first time. You're going to Gerudo Desert. These are places that I've been before, but for you, man. First time. That's awesome. There's just, to be honest, like, the Zelda world is very well developed, you know, and in some ways I find it very interesting that they're even able to like retell the same story over and over again and i mean that with respect because it's not the same story over and over again but very similar it's like the same players yeah. i mean know? superficially it's the same story link and zelda have to stop ganon they stop him end of story that's really all it is there's not that much more to it yeah but like i don't like riding the horses mm -hmm. you really like riding the horses yeah so I've only probably rode the horses for like 20 minutes because I was like, I'm over this. Or sometimes whenever I run into a uh, group of the pig monsters, mm -hmm. what are they called? The, uh, the, uh, the Bacoblins. The Bacoblins. Or the Moblins. The Moblins. Whenever they're riding a horse, I'll just knock them off and steal their horse and run away. Yeah. But That's never... actually the easiest way to steal a horse, by the way. Yeah, because Cause... the horses are already like tamed. Yeah, and you they're know? like, oh, well, that guy's a lot cooler than that asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and But then like our friend Jordan, when he's playing, he hasn't even figured out how to use Korok seeds yet. So he's like 60 hours in and he doesn't have but like three weapon slots and I'm like how have you been playing like that and he's like I don't know I thought this is how everyone played you know like there's so many things about the game that you truly can play it a million different ways mm -hmm. and he's like I think Jordan wanted to finish the game so he like went to Ganon's castle and like you know or Hyrule castle and like dominated Ganon and then I was like what happens he's like well the game just sort of restarts and you get to keep playing and I was yeah. like well then why do I care about beating Ganon I just want to play the game anyway yeah ultimately I don't even really care too much about getting to the uh, the end game portion of Breath of the Wild I mean I do want to see what Ganon is going to be about and like how big of a boss fight he's going to be I want to see the conclusion to the story but ultimately it's like the last thing on my my list. I'm more concerned about just exploring this world and finding all the secrets and trying to get as many weapons as I can. And my current obsession, of course, is finding Korok seeds, which are just, man, these things are just hidden freaking everywhere. Some of them are like two feet apart from one another, and, and they're always in the weirdest places. And I've even run into Korok puzzles where I can't solve them because it's like, you got to get to this certain place in a certain amount of time, mm -hmm. and I can't get there fast enough. And I tried like eight times, and I was like, fuck that Korok seed. Don't want it, you know? And I just, I'll find easier ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing is, like, your weapons slots become really expensive. Like, yeah. towards they're like eight seeds per thing, ten seeds per slot, you mm -hmm. know? And it's just a lot. And then when you told me when you 100% Korok seeds, all they do is give you a golden poo. I was like, that's <laughs> fucked up. These Korok seeds are hard to find. It is. I don't know if that's, like, some sort of really clever in-joke by Nintendo. Like, they're putting up a big middle finger to the whole thing. It's like, yeah, you wasted your time getting this piece of golden shit, which does... Mm -hmm. Absolutely nothing aside from the fact that, hey, look what I got. Also, grinding in the game doesn't feel like grinding because mm -hmm. your weapons breaking when you use them mm -hmm. makes it feel like, yeah, you have to push. You have to, like, use weapons you wouldn't normally use. Like, I never use spears and mm -hmm. stuff in third persons. You know, I always, like, I like one-handed swords with shields. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my preferred way to fight. Uh, but, damn it, I love now two-handed weapons and I love spears. Mm -hmm. And I never thought I'd use them. But they force you to because yeah. you'll just go fight up a group of enemies and then you'll break your good weapon that you after you kill them all and then you got to pick up their weapons and use those mm -hmm. that's kind of what i like about the durability system um is that it sort of forces you to use weapons that you would never think about using before sometimes in an act of desperation or just because simply you just want to try something out which is very different from the old zelda games where you have a very select number of weapons some of which you're definitely going to use a lot more than others like but the, in, the weapons were almost like tools mm -hmm. for you to solve puzzles and certain things with mm -hmm. but like this they have the shrine not the shrines the the arcs or what are those things that you can uh change the bombs or the magnetism or the other they're thing? the 
these things called runes, runes, which are these brand new abilities, which in any other old Zelda game, these type of abilities would be tied to like an item that you find in a dungeon. Like you'd go to a dungeon, you'd find the item, that item is really useful for that dungeon, and then as soon as you're done, you don't really use those abilities all that much anymore. In the first couple hours of the game, they give you these abilities, which is Magnesis, the ability to uh, magnetize certain objects and move them around with a giant, uh, what is essentially a magnet. You have Cryonis, which allows you to freeze portions of the water to create these big icy platforms. Uh, you have bombs, which come in two different shapes, which I think is ingenious as shit. Just I thought that bombs. was such a waste when I first saw it. I was mm -hmm. like, why are they giving me square and round bombs? Just mm -hmm. give me round bombs. They're just giving me square bombs. But and I then, find like, myself using the square bombs more so yeah, I than like the, the actual other. I like uh, the square bombs because you can control them. You throw mm -hmm. them, and they don't like roll way away and stuff like that. And I do like that you can also drop bombs when you're flying with the glider, so you mm -hmm. can like fly over a village and drop a bomb, blow it up. That was one of those things I didn't even like realize until like a couple hours in. I was like, I can actually do this? That's awesome. You can literally have bomb raids, and you can uh, pull off some really strategic things there. There's so many ways to play the game. Mm -hmm. And then there's also like, okay, so you become super powerful, and like, there's still bad guys that are hard to kill. Maybe you can run up on most camps and you'd wipe out all the bad guys, but then you go fight a Lionel and you get your, your face ripped off. Yeah. You know, like there's still bad guys throughout the game that are hard to beat mm -hmm. and uh, or the rock bosses or the Hynexes or whatever they're called. Yeah. The Without a doubt, it is the hardest Zelda game that I've played in years. It really? It reminds me a lot of the original Zelda game on Nintendo, which is pretty damn unforgiving. And if anything, I would say this is the ultimate spiritual successor to that because the original Zelda game was all about being completely open world and just allowing you to go and do whatever you want. You can challenge the dungeons in any order, and you're going to run into enemies that are going to kick your ass, just like the Lynels. In fact, the Lynels are from the original Zelda game, and they were the toughest enemies you could run into. And in this game, they just absolutely rain death down upon you, and they're so cool looking. I absolutely love the design of the Lynels. They're essentially centaurs, except that their upper half of their body more resembles a lion with horns, and they just wreck your shit with some of the craziest weapons that you see in the game. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've restarted my game after fighting a Lionel just to, you know, say, fuck it, I don't want to fight this guy right now, I don't have the powers to do it. I've only killed two Lionels my entire time, and both times that I fought them, it was like right at the end. Photo finish, barely have enough health to get by, I've used all of my healing, all of my red fairies, Mipha's grace has been used, all of Daruk's protection is gone, I got nothing else. And it's just right there at the edge. When you defeat one of those bastards, it feels great. Because not only do you have that accomplishment, but you're rewarded with some of the best weapons in the game. Such as this sword, which I believe is called the Savage Lionel Sword. Which is like a 72 plus weapon. It and, is a uh, great sword, but at the same time... It's one-handed! But use it a few times and it'll be gone. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's like, okay, I really want that sword. But mm. is it worth throwing away all my health items to get a badass sword that's only good for like another five fights? Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of scary. Like it almost makes you not care about having the best weapons mm -hmm. in the game. Like I'm okay with a 50 powerful, what, like mm -hmm. a 50 rank weapon instead of throwing away all my health for a 70 power weapon. <clears throat> but there, that is just Lynels. We're just talking about fucking Lynels. Like that's the other thing. Like there's just so much to do. I have never liked crafting in video games mm -hmm. ever. I mean, ever, ever. But I love cooking in this stupid game. <laughs> I don't know what, what it is about this yeah. game that makes it fun to cook. But I yeah. will just take like, you know, like all these different random fruits, and uh, and uh, I took up your concept. Every time I see a deer, I kill it for the mm -hmm. meat, you know, or and any use animal. bombs to do that. Yeah, I use bombs you, so I, I don't waste them. I've killed so many wolves just for getting the raw gourmet meat. Um, obviously, you want to go after like the big deers, the stags. You definitely want to go after moose. Those are also, they give you a lot. So do the rhinos. Yes, there are fucking rhinos in this and game. And there are for bears. For some reason, they're, they're arctic rhinos. They're arctic rhinos. They're an extinct species of rhino. Yeah. They're the arctic variety. <laughs> and th there's also the bears, which I've never ridden. Mm -hmm. uh, again, because I don't care about mounts, so I never really care about sneaking yeah. up on creatures. Mm -hmm. There's also the lord of the forest, which is that weird uh, weird deer thing. That Princess Mononoke thing. Yeah, the princess I don't even know what the hell that thing I haven't seen it yet. I've, I've only seen it on videos. Yeah, I haven't checked it out. I know I could Google it and figure out where it is in no time. Mm. But then there's the dragons, and you can, like, attack them, or you more just, like, kind of hit them with an arrow and then steal their scales yeah. and use the scales to unlock shrines. I mean, the first time I saw those guys, I didn't even know there was anything like that in the game. And they just sort of 
suddenly appeared. Like, I remember, like, I was walking past this huge gorge, and I just look over to the right, and literally, all of a sudden, just rising up from the gorge is this massive red dragon, and I just stop. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I, and I couldn't even get close enough to it to even fire an arrow. I've yet to reach a point in the game where I can get close enough to a dragon to actually attack it. Well, you have to be in a certain place mm-hmm. at a certain time of day. Yeah. So, but you, again, all that information is Googleable. Googleable. Yeah. Um, but if you don't want it, then you can figure it out yourself, mm-hmm. which is the cool thing. But even me, you know, getting stuck on a shrine or two here and there, um, I Google how to solve the shrine, yeah. and you know, some people might consider that cheating. I think you probably would as a purist, Corey. Mm-hmm. But I like. I've looked up a couple times. Oh, I figured there, there was an instance a couple weeks ago where we were on a plane and we were both playing the game at the same time, and there was that constellation shrine. And I'm like, this is fucking hard. And I was like, Christian, what do I do? And you literally pulled up your phone. And you're like, here's the solution. I had that saved because that one was a motherfucker. That one was a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And then when I looked up how you actually solve, it, I was like, huh. That's a really clever puzzle, Nintendo. In many ways, I wish I'd have done that. But there are a lot of other puzzles in the game that I think are more suited for uh, the stuff that I'm used to in Zelda. Luckily, it doesn't fall into the tropes of a lot of the old Zelda puzzles, which is push block here, open door, solved. So, yeah, how would you rank the puzzle systems that they incorporate versus old games? Because, I, again, I don't have that perspective that you might have. Aside from, like, the durability of the game, I think the most contentious thing about the game are going to be the shrines and the main dungeons themselves. Because one of the cornerstones of the Zelda games is being able to go around an overworld and discover these dungeons, which are very elaborate. There's a lot of things to do. You get an item, you fight a boss. In this game... They sort of change things around. They give you four dungeons, which are a little more traditional like the old games, but they are dirt easy. Probably the easiest dungeons. In, I mean, you can finish them in 15 minutes. They're that easy. They're not hard. But to compensate for that, they have these shrines, which are all over the overworld. And there's supposedly about 120 of these bad boys. I've taken down, I think, about 60 of them at this point. But, I mean, they make up for the fact that there are not multiple dungeons because it's basically taking the puzzle portions of those dungeons and turning them into individual places. And some of them are really small. Some of them are really simple. Some of them are like, you know, just like, fight this enemy. See if you can survive. Some of them are like, see how far you can hit this ball into the hole like a game of golf. Some of them are balancing uh, the weight of certain objects. They're all very different. Some of them are just walk in, here's your prize, walk out. Some of the shrines uh, are literally like, just get Getting to the shrine is the puzzle. Yeah, and they reward like, you immediately. Yeah, they're like, okay, that was hard to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one that I don't know if you've discovered that has a whole bunch of broken uh, guardians, broke down guardians guarding mm-hmm. it, and you have to fly in. And they're all like locking onto you, shooting beams, and there's gusts that you have to keep riding to get. I don't in. know if I've done that one. I did one last night, which is really close to Hyrule Castle. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the one where, I don't know if you've done it yet. This one's near Gerudo Desert, so if you haven't seen it, then yeah. Gerudo Desert is like the one area, there's two areas that I haven't really fully explored. And that's the desert area, which I haven't even walked into, haven't even seen what it looks like. It's fun. there's a, a, a place in the corner of the southeast, which I've barely explored at all. I've just, I've just been ignoring those, those two corners. The southeast the is map. Gerudo Desert. Is it the southeast? Yeah. Or is that the southwest? To your left. That South Southwest. That, yeah. Actually, that southwest is Gerudo Desert, and southeast is like tropical. Yeah, I've just and I've ignored both of those. Things. I haven't gone. I haven't gone north uh, in the northern corner. Northeast, okay. Yeah, northeast. There's a lot of cool stuff up there. Yeah, um, that's the thing. I haven't even unlocked all the map on purpose because I want those areas. I'm just gonna flush out all the areas I have, and mm-hmm. then I'm gonna slowly work my way up there. Yeah. And after I've discovered it all, and I think I've got all the armor sets I like, for me, it's honestly more fun collecting armor and weapons than it is to finish the game. Yeah. Like, that's weird. It's always satisfying when you find a weapon or a piece of armor that you've never seen before. And that's another thing that I really love about this game. And, you know, you can talk about the iconicness of Link all you want. You know, he's the the green-hatted Nintendo character. I love that in this game, you can basically make Link look any way that you want. Not only down to just the armor designs, but you can dye you can those different colors. make him look like a colors. girl. You can. For all <laughs> those people who, who want to cross-dress Link, this is your time. He's no longer a cisgender white male. Now no. he's a confused cisgender white male. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I do love that because, uh, you know, amongst uh, all the people I know that are playing a game, all of our links look completely different from one another. My, we my, all have my, different colors. My favorite armor is like this gray set that I've colored uh, that's like mostly the soldier gear mm-hmm. with the uh, uh, Zoe, Zoe armor chest piece. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, it's a soldier legs, soldier mm-hmm. helmet, and then the Zoe thing, and then I co- cover, colored it all silver. Mm-hmm. And that's like his go-to-war, like 20-point armor set, you mm-hmm. know? 20 points is a pretty good armor set. Yeah. But uh, I know there's like, I think once you get the um, ancient armor, that's like a 40 set mm-hmm. or like something giant. Is that the one that you buy from, uh, I yeah. it's called like Akala Labs? Yeah, but you need like 15 ancient cores. Do you know how many ancient cores that is? And that's how a many, lot. That you'd have to throw away a whole bunch of shields and ancient arrows to go kill them all. you got to fuck up a lot of guardians to make that happen. Yeah. Although I will say that once you get the master sword, it's not too much of an issue. Why? Just because the Master Sword, like, the whole point of the, of the sword in that game is that it reacts to uh, Guardian the bosses and to Ganon and to the Guardians. So, like, when you're near a Guardian, uh, you know, think Lord of the Rings when you're near an orc, the actual blade starts to glow blue. Oh, really? And, uh, that actually know, lets you know, like, oh, yeah, this sword's going to fuck some shit up. And it goes from being a 30-powered weapon to being a 60-powered weapon. And you can, like, literally run up to a Guardian. You can cut its legs off. Yeah. It'll fall over, and then you can attack its underside just and completely wreck its shit just with the sword. That is and that's a great way to collect a lot of the uh, the cores and everything. That's what I've been doing a lot with the Master Sword. I also love that it's hard to get places. Yeah. They make it difficult on purpose to get mm-hmm. places because they're like, Look, if you want to go to this new village, you got to climb up this motherfucking mountain. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to go to this other place, it's really hot there and you won't have the right armor yet. So you have to like craft some heat resistant food. And then when I was on my way to uh, what's the round rock people, the Gerudo, the, the Gorons, Gorons, when yeah. I was on the to the Goron village, there's fucking three or four guardians on the way there. And I was like, yeah. how do I get around these guys? So I just ended up crawling all around them because mm-hmm. I didn't want to like and uh that's one of the best things about this game too and I think another reason people are loving it so much you know in other open world games there are still restrictions to where you can and cannot go if there's a mountain in your way you're going to have to go around that mountain Breath of the Wild says fuck that shit you can climb that mountain and if you want and if you don't want to do that here's 50 other options to get where you want to go which again is going to make every replay of this game completely unique for players and it's going to make it so that no one's going to have the same experience twice and that's really impressive to me because when I replay Zelda games, especially ones that I've played a lot, it really does feel like going through the motions a lot because there is a set goal. There is somewhere that you always have to do or somewhere you have to go. And in this game, you can just go right to the damn last boss if you want to. You're probably going to get your ass completely handed to you, but you can do that if you want. And that's really intriguing to me. I just think that's great design on Nintendo's part. And I'll be damned if I don't praise this company a lot, but man, they just keep revolutionizing the game every single time. And they've done it with one of their flagship titles, which has not only sold really well and it was going to sell well because it's Zelda, but it's allowed people who've never played the series to get into it. And for me, that's impressive. I mean, your original plan was to buy the Nintendo Switch and to sell it on eBay. Yeah, I was like, I'll make 150 bucks because I'll I'll pre-order this fucking system for 300. I'll turn around and sell it for 450 on eBay. And by the way, I'm not the only person doing this, so don't get mad at me, world. There's okay. nothing wrong with it. It's completely legal. I went and waited at GameStop the day they opened for pre-orders. Mm-hmm. I got that pre-order. Yeah. I can do what I want with it. But then I just started getting caught in the hype of Zelda. And then like two days before it came out, I went and I pre-ordered Zelda too. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do this. You <laughs> Your know? first Nintendo system since the Nintendo 64. Yeah, it has been. Yeah. That was on Christmas in like 2001 or when that come out. Uh, 96. Damn, 96. I was saying 2001. <laughs> I don't know if you got it like the year it came out. Oh, I yeah. I got I it the year it came my, out. I uh, Nintendo 64 until 97. I waited. We waited a year to get ours. Oh, I, I got it. Oh, yeah. I got that shit. Started with uh, Mario 64 and Star Fox 64. Uh, those are the games. I bought yeah. the Rumble Pack. I still yeah. remember I got the Rumble Pack from Walmart, put some AAAs in that bitch, and went at it. I know? turned my Rumble off on my uh, Switch, though. You did? I do like it. They, Nintendo's calling it the HD Rumble, which I think is the stupidest name for it. But it is the most dynamic rumbliness mm-hmm. to a uh, controller that I like it's it is like they have demos where they have people like holding uh, one of the joy cons yeah. and it's like an ice cube rolling around and they put like three or four ice cubes oh in. I've seen f- the promo material but it's real yeah. they, they really you can feel each thing in there mm-hmm. so I'm like that's pretty dynamic god I hate that word 
It's a very dynamic rumble. Uh, it's a very HD rumble. <laughs> I just think it's great. I, I think the system's really good. I think let's address some of the things of this system. I think the system is great at playing Zelda and nothing else. That's all there really is. I mean, to be fair, there are other games out right now, but everyone's playing Zelda. I mean, are you itching to go out and buy Super Bomberman R? No. Not really. You want to go play Snipper Clips? Do you even know what that is? No. No, exactly. Are you excited for the release of ARMS in Splatoon 2? Only you are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm pumped for those guys. I'm a Nintendo fan, so I, I tend to eat up almost anything they release. And, uh, you know, you know, a couple years ago when Splatoon came out, I was like, eh, this game looks okay. I bought Splatoon on the Wii U and played that motherfucker all summer. It is addicting, so I can't wait for that. Um, but there are going to be some big game releases this year. I mean, arguably the biggest one is going to be Super Mario Odyssey. But Nintendo's going to have to keep this momentum going. And they say that E3, they have big plans. They have a lot of new stuff to show off. It'll come so out this, next year. It'll come out next year, almost certainly. Um, so they're going to have to really do a great job of appealing to their old and their new fan base. Because I know a lot of new people have decided to jump on the Nintendo Switch simply because of Zelda. And people are going to be expecting a game of the same caliber. They're going to need something that's going to be able to hold their attention and that's going to be revolutionary. I don't know if Super Mario Odyssey is going to be the one to do it. I know it's going to be a good game just because it's a fucking Mario game and those games are always along with Zelda like Super AAA. But we also need some other new stuff that we haven't seen before and they need to make sure to appeal to a wide audience. That's what I think is most important. But for now though... I'm completely satisfied with just having Zelda. It's been a long time since I've really dived into a video game this deep and, like, really gotten into it. And, like, if this were any other Zelda game, I'd have beaten this game weeks ago. I'd have already been at the final boss. I'd have gotten all the hearts, 100% and everything. This game just allows me so many options to play it the way that I want that I can honestly keep it going on forever if I really wanted to. You know, the other thing, I remember I was talking to our friend Jordan. He was like, yeah, I sold some of my armor for money. And I was like, What? Why would you sell any of your armor sets? You know, he's like, oh, I just need a little bit of rupees. And I was like, bitch, go farm some stuff then. Don't That, that armor is so rare. I got so upset about him selling armor. And uh, so I just thought that was really funny. You know, I was like, what? How could you? You know? And so I just thought that that was actually interesting, you know, that he, uh, that he did that. And it upset me so much that yeah. he was actually selling his armor sets. There's armor that I haven't even seen in the game mm. that I know exists, like the rubber set. Never seen a piece of it yet. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's places. Isn't it like the, uh, I don't know if that's the one I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Gimp Link. <laughs> it literally looks like, like Link no, in latex. It, it, to me, it looks a lot like the ancient armor, just not as bulky. Mm. So maybe... It, I think we're thinking of two different things. I think you're thinking of a specific thing, and yeah. I'm thinking of something not does so dirty. Does the helmet you're talking about, the rubber suit, does it have like a fish-looking head? Uh, I don't know. It's, it is black, though, right? No, it's very uh, dark red. Dark red. Okay, we are thinking of different things. The one that I'm thinking of, it's uh, it's basically, it looks like kind of like a luchador outfit. Rubber armor breath. <laughs> he actually has like a luchador mask. And when you go out at night while wearing this costume, uh, you can actually see like glowing bones all over your body. Kind of makes you look like, like one of those cheap Halloween costumes. And I just think that looks really freaking hilarious and wicked. Um, you even have like enemy masks, which I've just started discovering. I um, love those. I put them on all the time. I just I put on a Lionel mask last night, and I just stood in front of a Lionel. No big deal. I like that there's little details, too. Like, not only will Link, you know, put on this mask, but, like, if he's standing in front of a Lionel wearing that mask, he, like, puffs out his chest a little bit yeah. and puts his arms forward. Like, he's like, yep, I'm a Lionel. Just yeah. a Lionel here. Don't bother me. Don't fuck uh, me up. Little details like that are great, um, which this game is absolutely chock full of. I mean, it's not the best-looking game in the world in terms of, like, gra graphical prowess, but the amount of, like, little details and animation they put in there, like, next time you see, like, an enemy base don't just rush up and start fighting people bring out like your shika telescope and like look over at them and just look at the little subtle animations that they do like watching a moblin just sort of slowly walk around he'll pause for a second he'll look at the ground he'll pick up a mushroom and eat it then he'll start picking his nose yeah it's just little details like that make the world really come to life in a way that i've never seen in other zelda games before it's interesting there's just i don't know how to say this there's just so many ways to fucking play the game like yeah. you can lose so much time <laughs> and at first i thought we were all racing to beat the game we're definitely and then not I, and then i realized no we're all just doing whatever we want and yeah. to be honest if i never fight the final boss i won't be disappointed mm -hmm. to be honest i might be disappointed if i fight the final boss because mm -hmm. i'll be like oh, there's other things in this game that are harder than yeah. this you know that's why i'm saving the final boss for the absolute last thing i do in the game 
Like, then you'll I'm never pick it up to, again? I want to find all the shrines. I want to defeat all of them. I want to get the best armors. I want to unlock every single tower. I don't want to find all the Koroks because there's 900 of them and the reward is shit, literally. But I want to get all that stuff. I want to make sure that when I challenge Ganon that I have experienced pretty much everything that I could possibly do in the game. And yet, as soon as I'm done, I can't wait to restart and play it again in a completely different direction and go the exact opposite and do the things that I didn't do the first time around. Are you ever want to try a speedrun and just go for it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm not the biggest speedrunner in the world. There are a couple games that I've tried to do that with, mostly Metroid games like Super Metroid. Yeah. I, I can beat that one in about a little over an hour which is pretty good for a game that takes about six hours to beat. Um, this game is a little different. You know, first you got to get through the first area, the Great Plateau. Once you get that paraglider, though, it's it's game on. You can immediately just start heading in. And I want to get a couple of weapons on the way, because there's no fucking way I'm taking on that bastard with a damn tree branch. It's just, oh, yeah. It's just not going to work. And, and the, the Truthfully, though, the, uh, the, the castle has every weapon you need to beat them. They mm-hmm. put that in there on purpose. Yeah. You know, there's ancient arrows, there's 72 two-handed uh, royal claymores, you know, there's there's a lot of cool weapons. Yeah. Just, I haven't even gone to Hyrule Castle yet. I haven't either. I'm I don't just, even want to. I've seen some YouTube videos. It's because those fucking guardians, man, they're swarming all over the place, which, let's talk about the guardians for a second, which are uh, one of the newest elements for this game, and definitely one of the selling uh, points, are these brand new enemies, which are basically giant robotic octopuses with laser eyes of death. Yes. And, man, are they just intimidating as hell at the beginning of the game. They just, they lock on, they never stop locking on, and they will chase you down to the ends of the earth. And it isn't until, like, I'd say over 50 hours in the actual game game that i even kind of stand a chance against them and even then it's really tough i mean you have to have either these weapons which are called ancient arrows which can put them down you have to have the master sword or you have to be just an expert in parrying with your shield where you can actually knock their uh, their laser blast right back at them directly into their eyes which is oh so damn satisfying when you actually do pull it off i've seen some great videos too of people utilizing that in conjunction with the rune where you take pictures of stuff where they immediately knock it back they bring out their camera and there's a selfie mode yeah. and they pull out they do a selfie where they do a pose like right as soon as it explodes and oh, it's I've awesome seen i've seen that i've also seen dudes when they defeat lionels they take a selfie with it like <laughs> as it's turning black you know? it's it's so satisfying and fun i love that the that's game, interesting the game still manages to have a sense of humor as well and it doesn't go into too dark of territory i will say i think there is one detriment to the game tell me the voice acting sucks i think the voice acting is fun and i don't mind it at all oh my god i love the zoe prince well, I'll, I'll give Prince Sidon... Well, that's the thing. Prince Sidon barely talks in the game. He doesn't really talk. But he does have that amazing quirk where he pumps yep. up his fist and smiles at you and does it, like, I think over ten different times. There's a with, lot. <laughs> and, I mean, I thought he was a really great character, but, like, you know, when you go to Goron City and you meet Yunobo, who is the descendant of Daruk, the uh, the main uh, Goron champion from the game, yep. Yunobo can suck a fucking dick. Like, I hate his voice... So much. I will say the Gorons are by far the weakest race. And that is a shame, because the Gorons are awesome. They've always been one of my favorites. They still have a lot of character. Like, I love the old Goron with the eye patch and everything. I love Daruk. I think he's a fun character, even though he is kind of like a carbon copy of a character from Ocarina of Time by the name of Darunia. Um, But there's only so much you can do with the Gorons, because unlike the Zora, the Gorons pretty much all look the same. I mean, they're, they're just big, rotund, ridiculous-looking creatures. The Zora are fun because they're fish people, so they can apply a lot of different aquatic uh, traits to them. Like, some of them are based on sharks. Some of them are based on manta rays. The Zora King himself is like a fucking whale. Yeah. Like, they just have so much uniqueness to them. I mean, no other Zora looks like Sidon. No other Zora looks like Mipha. They all look completely unique to one another, whereas the Gorons are kind of all the same. I can't speak for the Gerudo in the desert because I haven't been there yet, but if it's like the previous game, it's a bunch of chicks. It's a bunch of chicks. Some of them are taller. Yeah. Some of them are shorter. There you go. There. Yeah. Some of them are a little bit tanner. Yeah. That's about it. That's about it. Well, that's pretty much what I would expect from the Gerudo. And all the, the, the Hylians in the game, just the regular people who sort of populate the towns and everything, they have all their own names and personality quirks. And uh, the Sheikar are still in the game. There's a lot of side characters. Kilton, the monster salesman, is really, really weird looking, but I, also a very fun what character. What race is he? <laughs> I don't know. He has a weird-shaped 
head and just a crazy explosive personality. The first time you see him, you easily piss him off no matter what you say. Yes. He's just, he's a really fun character, very quirky and definitely belongs in the Zelda game. Uh, the enemies themselves are really great. You know, the world is populated by normal enemies and what I like to call mini bosses. Like there's the uh, the stone talus, which is a giant stone monster. There's the uh, the there, Hinox, There's a lava version of him too, which I still haven't seen. Yeah, I, I don't know him. how I haven't seen that. Is he, there an ice one too? Probably, I haven't seen it because I've seen many. You know how there's like mini versions of the yeah. rock monsters. Yeah, I've seen many ice ones. I'm sure there are, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay, so we, there's almost certainly going to be like one just like that. Yeah, uh, there are the Hinoxes, which are the big Cyclops creatures, which they haven't appeared in a game I think since A Link to the Past. Don't quote me on that, but uh, to see them come back is awesome, and they're super intimidating at first. But again, they're like one of those enemies. Halfway through the game, you start to wreck their shit with all of your amazing weapons. Yeah, once you get like a hammer or anything or any sort of awesome two-handed weapon and charge it up and you sneak up on them and just start spinning you take away half their health Mm -hmm. before they even know what's going on or even better one of the coolest things about the Hinox is they always have like hidden weapons on them like they're wearing a necklace yeah and you can actually see what items they have before you even take them on i like to use my paraglider to come down and jump down on top of their stomach grab the items and just run haul ass yeah just get away from these guys because they're gonna immediately just jump up and start to kill you or they're gonna pick up a tree or hilariously enough they might pick up an enemy that is around them and throw that enemy right at you. They don't care. They what? don't give a fuck. They just want to kill you. Um, they're, they're cool. I. Oh, what is the other mini bosses? Obviously, Lionels. Mm, the Lionels. I would consider them mini bosses, despite the fact that when you, you actually fight them, you know, when you fight like a Hinox or uh, a Stone Talus, like their name and the uh, their health bar comes up. Yep. That doesn't come up for a Lionel, and those guys are way harder. Like, in every single way, in my humble opinion. They are way... They're the hardest mm-hmm. normal thing in mm-hmm. the game. You know, I don't think there's much else that's harder. I can't wait to see what the desert is going to hold. That's that's all I gotta say. A lot of Lionels. Oh, great. <laughs> be, get luck, good luck with that. Yeah, what the world needs are more fucking super destructive Lionels. Um, what what else? Um, there's also the, um, the Cyclops skeleton versions. Yeah, which I haven't seen yet. They're in the desert. Mm-hmm. So pretty much same strategy. Yeah, but I don't know if you can jump. I don't think they sleep. So no? I think you have to defeat them because the weapons aren't on a necklace. They're like buried in their bones. Oh, so like weird. Because they're like it's like someone killed them uh-huh. and left the sword stuck in them. Are they like the other skeleton weapons though, where you can throw a bomb and immediately like blow their body up? I don't know. I don't know. No, no. Because whenever I because whenever I fight against skeleton type enemies, which that seems to be kind of the the formula they have for this game where there's different variations of enemy uh, depending on their like color or if they're like a skeleton version if there's a skeleton monster you can throw a bomb at them and they immediately just explode and their bones go all over yeah, the place yeah and then you just go stab the head yeah, stab the head or what I like to do is pick up the head and if I'm near a ledge I kick it off oh really yeah and then and then you just watch it ah, boom mm. Wily Coyote explode at the bottom it's pretty damn awesome that's hilarious yeah <laughs> But I, 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 I have no problem in saying that Breath of the Wild is the best game I've played in about a decade. I mean, it has got my attention still. Every day, I just think about playing it more. I can't wait to get home every day. Just to experience even just 30 minutes of it is, is always awesome. I only played for maybe an hour last night, but I managed to get a couple of shrines done and find some Koroks and fight against some cool monsters. And it's always different than the time I did it previous. And I'm always exploring and seeing new things. And it's a game that I think a lot of people need to experience. And if you're on the fence because you're not a Nintendo fan... Or you're not sure if you want to buy a Switch. Do it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's It's totally an amazing AAA game experience. The game does have problems. And I don't think it's a 10 out of 10. I think it's a 9 out of 10, though. You think it's a 9 out of 10? I think it's as close as it can be to a 10 out of 10. What's wrong with it? The voice acting. Oh. And some frame rate issues. Yes, thank God you admit that, Corey. That game sucks sometimes when there's a lot of explosions and stuff. It does. I've had my game straight up freeze for a second. It, like, gets chunky. And I'm like, dude, you guys have had so long to make this. Why is there chunkiness here? Mm -hmm. This is modern, state-of-the-art stuff with solid-state cartridges and solid state hard drives inside the system like there should be no problems here it's a fucking cartridge based game why is this happening well people like the word cartridge but really it's a solid state hard drive yeah, it's you a know? fucking sd card yeah it's a good but it's like a really fast transferring sd card mm-hmm. and uh, dude, i almost had a, a terrifying um mishap where i almost saved over my game with a new game and i i ran over I was on the couch and I accidentally yeah. was just hitting a a a a a just get started, but it always rests on new game. Or I accidentally bumped it up and and then it was like 
oh, starting a new game. And I like ran over and smashed the power button and like <laughs> shut my system down. I was like, fuck you, new game. I can, that must suck in a game like that if you make your way like so far in. You've invested so much time in creating your character. It's your character, weapons. you know? Yeah. It doesn't matter if anything, that's your character at that mm-hmm. point. Like you don't want to start over. Yeah. So I'm really excited for all the, uh, the upcoming anime conventions that we're going to be going to because we always see links and Zeldas at every single convention, and it's always the same. It's just sort of like your classic version of Link, typically the Ocarina of Time version, the, the green suit and everything. Oh, wow. People are going to be able to make their very own version of their character in terms of, like, the armor and the color, and I can't wait to see that at these conventions. A maxed out um, um, set of ancient armor gives you 84 armor. Damn! If you know what that means, guys, and nerd, that's a lot. It gives you 84 armor in Breath of the Wild! <laughs> well, you know, that's a cool thing, guys. I promise. Tell that to the bitches and they'll get wet. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think we're in agreement that Breath of the Wild is a pretty amazing experience. We just spent 40 minutes of the podcast talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so there's some other topics we were going to touch on. One, this just came out today, the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. Way cooler than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. No Uncle Ben. No recap. Fucking Tony Stark's in it. Helping lots out. of Iron Man. Lots of Iron Man. It's practically a sub-Iron Man movie. Yeah. It's but, almost like they don't have faith that Spider-Man can carry this whole thing. Good. Don't <laughs> put it on him to do that. Just yeah. keep... The, they ought to have mixed in some fucking someone else, too. Maybe they will have someone else, too. Yeah, there is, Maybe the well, vision I mean, will show Captain up. Captain America is technically in the trailer for a second. Yeah, but he's not in good standings with uh, Iron Man, so that's not going to work. The uh, Captain America fitness test. Oh at God, all God. New York high schools, apparently. I love that they, they show that video to the class and his friends like, if you can't dude, ju- have you met Captain America? And, and Peter's just like, yeah, I stole a shield. Yeah, it's like crazy. <laughs> so, uh, honestly, I don't know what to say. Michael Keaton, is that the bad guy? Michael Keaton is the vulture. Which is great. The shocker he, is also going to be in there. He, Make your joke here. Shocker bro. Shocker bra. The, the thing I like about Michael Keaton is got experience mm-hmm. with playing superheroes. Oh, yeah. Batman. Uh, Birdman. And Birdman, uh, which is a very underrated film. Actually, probably not underrated. But if you haven't seen it, shame on you. Yeah. Because it's a very good film. You should watch it. Uh, Zach Galifianakis is in it, and he's not funny. <laughs> so check that out. That's rare. Yep. Um, he's a goofy guy, just not really in the movie much. And then also you get to see Hulk versus Batman in their underwear. You Wait, know? what? Because it's uh, what's his name? The guy that played the Hulk. Uh, what's that guy? He only did it for one. Oh, for uh, wait, which which Hulk are you talking about? Edward no, Norton. Edward Norton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I know. What you H- Hulk okay. versus Batman. <laughs> Nobody yeah. ever talks about Eric Bana. Yeah. <laughs> I think he did a pretty good job. I think everyone. Did. Okay, we'll save that conversation for another thing. <laughs> yeah. So, Spider-Man Homecoming, definitely check out that trailer. It's awesome. We could give you a breakdown of it, but to be honest, just go experience it. And yeah. Maybe we'll break it down All I can more. say is it still gets me excited for the movie. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. The action scenes look really cool. I love the look of the spider suit. I love the, the look of the setting and everything. Just good stuff here. I hope they don't, you know, fuck it up, and I, I pray that this Venom movie that's also coming out doesn't get fucked up either. I'm sure you've heard about that. I only through you to be honest i know okay. nothing about it so and all the only thing you've told me is bitchy bitchy bitch stuff so i can't even really comment yeah. about that i i can't help but bitch about it because this whole venom movie thing has been they've been talking about this ever since the end of spider-man 3 venom's gonna get his own movie it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be tied to the big spider-man universe venom movie apparently is coming out but it's gonna have jack shit to do with spider-man which is stupid because you can't have venom without spider-man you can't have that origin without that character. can't have Darth Vader without Skywalker. You know, you can't have him. Maybe. I don't know. It's a bad yin and yang. Anyway, next anyway, topic. Next okay. Topic. So um, too many movies have come out recently yep. that we have not commented on. Logan, King Kong, Power Rangers, and now Ghost in the Shell and Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Uh, Which guess. you just oh, saw last weekend. I did. Uh, my girlfriend made me take her. Yeah. Actually, I did it as a gift. But you know you wanted to see Beauty and the Beast. I didn't want to see it, Corey. Don't tell the public that. Um, so I will say, though, Disney doesn't make a bad movie. Show me a bad movie Disney made in the last four years. I don't think it exists anymore. They're really good at did making Did they make one of those Pirates of the Caribbeans? Well, that's an acquired taste, Corey. <laughs> that's an acquired <laughs> taste, and you just haven't uh, learned to love that caviar yet. Mm. That Jack Sparrow dick taste. I didn't like Frozen. 
unpopular opinion. <laughs> unpopular. That movie opinion. was popular for like three whole years after it came. Yeah, out. I know. It just it, in many ways sort of revitalized their whole like animation side, but it really did. And singing in movies, yeah, which is sort of dying off for a while there. A little bit, yeah. Were, were there like full blown musical numbers in Beauty of the Beast? It was eighty percent singing. Really? Yeah. Okay, so it, it is very much like the original. It's the animated. original movie remade with the characters are a little more developed. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the sidekick to um, Gaston kind of has a lot more development than yeah. he did. He was, you know, he was just a little sidekick dude yeah. in the other movie. He likes it in the butt. I didn't know that character was gay. Yeah. I watched that movie, and then my girlfriend told me that there's a lot of controversy around that character. And I was like, when did he say he was gay? He just really likes Gaston. I think he's just, like, in love I'll with the... I bet con- he likes Gaston. Anyway, so I didn't... Yeah, he does! In the butt. Um, <laughs> so I really liked Beauty and the Beast. Corey, what did you think no of... No one fucks like Gaston. <laughs> Sucks like Gaston. <laughs> anyway. No one gives a rim job or... <laughs> Duh, like Gaston. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> so, Corey, what'd you think of Logan, Power Rangers, or King Kong? <laughs> Didn't see any of them yet. Did you want to see them? Hell yes. I, I want to see all of them. I know. It's sad. We're just too busy. It's true. And I get messaged every week about people saying, Have you seen this movie? <sighs> no, I haven't, man. I live Breath life. Of the wild. Work. It's keeping me busy as shit. And of all three of them, I'm not sure which one I want to see the most. I want to see Logan. They're so very different. Because Logan's like the only movie I think that's actually a good movie on top of being a good action movie. Yeah. Like, you know, because Hugh Jackman can act his ass off whether yeah. or not you want to imagine him dancing at the Emmys mm-hmm. or the Tonys. <laughs> you know, that's what he can do. I mean, the man has a fucking range, you know? Seriously. So, uh, that's. And, and not only that, but it's like the final time he's going to play the character, so he says. If the money's good enough. If the money's good enough, we might just be seeing Wolverine pop up in the Avengers sometime. Nope, Deadpool. Deadpool. I want to see it in Deadpool. Okay. Actually, Hugh Jackman did say he might play it again if they could merge the universes. Mm-hmm. He said that. It's possible. Anything. I mean, it would be fun to see. It's it's almost hard to picture anybody else playing Wolverine at this point. Because he's been doing it for so long. I mean, can you even think of another actor who could pull that off? Gaston. Gaston? Yeah. No one plays Wolverine like Gaston. <laughs> that could be a running joke for a while. It could be, yes. Uh, Ghost in the Shell is coming out soon. I yeah. saw the first five minutes. Did you see that trailer? No, I haven't. They released the first five minutes. Okay. Is it spoilery? The, is it just an action scene? No, it's just playing out that scene where the geishas and, you know, she's on the building and she goes in and saves the dude. Oh, yeah. So there's that. And... I loved the first half of the five minutes, and the second half, I was like, okay. First, The first two and a half minutes, I was like, they did it. They did it. They made an anime in real life. Mm-hmm. They took Hollywood budget, and they did it. And then the second half, I was kind of like, eh, it feels weird. It's not good. How'd they fuck it up? I, it feels wiry. Feels uh, you know, old school Chinese movie, kung fu movie. Ah, is this the shit when she's like busting through the, the window, window. Yeah, it didn't feel real good it didn't running feel... on the walls i didn't like it maybe i'm wrong i watched it on a phone yeah. i should have watched it on a computer or a tv but uh and we got to watch it afterwards and i want your opinion on it mm-hmm. but i just didn't feel it i didn't feel it and also they try to make the geishas all human you know like they mm-hmm. try to shove there's some subtext there into the geishas actually like are programmed to do this but they don't want to mm-hmm. and you know I'm a robot. I have feelings. Die, motherfucker. But I'm a robot, too, and I have feelings. Oh, it's deep. You know? And <laughs> so, whatever. We'll see how that develops. I, I, I am a uh, big question mark next to that movie for me. I uh, I was not not locked down. I wasn't 100%. Mm-hmm. But they'll probably still get my money, and I'll probably go see it. Because that is a movie you have to watch on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I, I think might, I fully appreciate it. The scope. I might even say it's a 3D type movie. Wow. I, I can imagine that because just the design of the city in that movie, yep. all the shit constantly popping out and the holograms all over the place. Maybe that would benefit from a you know three D. I, I honestly think that it looks like an anime. I just think the acting. There's just certain things that don't look good in real life, mm-hmm. and I don't think the way anime characters move translates to real life. It's those damn action scenes, man. They look weird. Their their parts bend and they flip like they're light, like yeah. they weigh weigh fifty pounds. That shit just doesn't exist mm-hmm. in. Uh, you know in normal real life so interesting nonetheless but i highly recommend everyone check out that first five minutes on youtube unless you're like i don't want to be spoiled at all Mm -hmm. even though the series is super old and you can go watch any scene of the cartoon on youtube at any time yeah but whatever that's up to you 
Mm-hmm. Last thing, actually not last thing, but some of the other things we wanted to discuss. Iron, motherfucking white appropriation fist. <laughs> I don't know why everyone's so up in arms. The guy's supposed to be white. Why do we always got to bring up appropriation? I don't know. It's it, it's. I read a lot of Kotaku. Yeah, and, you, and honestly, some of that stuff just sends a chill down my spine sometimes. But yeah, people are really sensitive nowadays, and it, it's you're not going to be able to escape from that anymore by watching cool superhero movies, because that's what we get with stuff like Iron Fist, this new show on Netflix based on the classic character from Marvel Comics, uh, Danny who is Rand, who uh, has the power of the Iron Fist, who historically in the comics has uh, always been a white male, but everybody's up in arms because... It's not an Asian actor playing a guy who uses martial arts. Isn't that even more insensitive? Yeah. It's like, all, all Asian people know martial arts. They all eat with chopsticks. Like, isn't that more offensive, if anything? It is. I don't know. The other thing is, the guy is supposed to be a white dude from corporate America that gets lost in Asia, becomes the Iron Fist, because... He is the best. Mm -hmm. It's not because he's white. It's because he sat there and trained his whole life like everyone else there, and he became the best. You know? No, Christian, you need to check your privilege. Danny Rand is the white tropey hero who has come to save us. He's the white messiah, if you will. Wow. I never thought of it that way. You're right. That's what people are saying about the character, that he sort of comes across as that mystical white man who will save us all. He's Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. Oh, I see now. I see now. Well... Tom Cruise trained the least out of everyone, but for some reason was one of the best. The only, he's like the only dude who survived that whole epic battle. Okay. He survived the Gatling gun barrage. Yeah, <laughs> just so he could deliver a badass line to the Emperor's face. Yep. You know? And I'll show you how he lived. Ah, everyone cries. Anyway, so <laughs> the point is that I think this is bullshit. I think they tried to... He had an Asian girlfriend. Isn't that good enough? Mm-hmm. Not good enough. Um, I mean, the hand is like the main bad guy in the Iron Fist cool i like the hand they are every time you think you understand the hand it gets deeper and there's more dudes and you're actually only seeing the shadow leadership because there's another level of leadership above that leadership and so i you know interesting to say the least mm-hmm. and i like the fight scenes especially episode four in the elevator mm-hmm. check that shit I need out to check that because you you how far have you gotten in the show finished it okay so you finished all of iron fist i've watched the first episode and i thought the first episode was boring it's slow until episode four and then it sort of starts picking up i mean you could argue almost all the netflix shows are kind of like that they take a lot of building up and that's the difference between getting a movie in a 13 episode series with each episode being about an hour long you know there's time to develop these characters but i mean i have a feeling getting through this one's going to be a bit of a slog for some odd reason luke cage just sucked me in like every night i'm like oh my god i can't wait to watch a new luke cage i just got so into it but with Iron this Fist, one i'm just like eh. look i think danny ran yeah. is a boring character yeah i think the iron fist is an interesting character yeah and i think the fight scenes are quite well done yeah um not they better be in a show about martial arts not um not uh daredevil good yeah but different mm-hmm. you know uh, Luke Cage really didn't have amazing fight scenes no. because all he does is punch dudes. Yeah, you know it's cool looking, but it's a spectacle. Yeah, it's you know, cool he'll looking. Rip the, he'll rip the the car off of a or rip, rip, rip the, door the car off, off car. the door. Yeah, <laughs> he'll rip the door off a car and wrap your ass up in it and throw you down a flight of stairs. It's not very flashy, but damn, it looks cool. It does, and it works. But I just, in general, think that Iron Fist. Let me rank this shit. I think Daredevil number one. Iron Fist and Luke Cage number two. I'm just mm. going to tie them up. All right. And then that other chick is down there somewhere. Jones girl. Whatever Jones girl. Jessica Variety. Yeah. And uh, so interesting. I also like that they, I do think the universe building is very good. They're mm. starting to really draw them all in, you know? Yeah. When is Defenders coming out or whatever that show is called? Supposedly the-, the Defenders is coming out later this year. This year? Yeah. If it does, that's kind of insane that they're making it happen this quick. Especially because Netflix is just killing it right now. With all yeah. these shows that are coming out. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I am excited for the Defenders. I'm more excited for, say, Stranger Things season two, which is coming out this Halloween. I think that's going to be really great. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, speaking of cultural appropriation, I think it would be remiss if we didn't discuss this, considering we have a YouTube page based on anime reviews. Netflix just released their very first trailer for the American version of Death Note. Death Note. And everyone's pissed. 
Really? Of course. What the fuck? It looked good, man. Everyone is angry. And you know Who what? Who is everyone? By the way, let us let me address this. There is this thing called recreational outrage yeah. where everything comes out and everyone, instead of saying how cool it is, they want to hop on the opposite bandwagon where they hate everything because for some reason I feel like they think they're getting attention doing that. Because mm-hmm. then they don't have to actually make anything. They can just bitch really loud and get a lot of attention and never actually have to do anything with no, their life. No, you're crazy. Who wants attention on the internet? No, God. Anyway, remember this term, recreational outrage, because it is everywhere now. Mm -hmm. Continue, Corey. But going on, uh, Death Note is going to be getting a uh, movie adaptation on Netflix. I'm outraged. See, already. (laughs) Uh, Now, obviously, Death Note is based on the manga and anime series of the same name. And the whole concept of the series is about a Grim Reaper who has the ability to kill people by writing their name down in a book. He gets real bored one day. He decides to give the book to a human. He's like, huh, I'm going to see what happens. Is it a white guy? I'm outraged. It's a white guy. It's a white guy. But there are some other interesting things that I think people are going to be interested in, like the character of L, who is the amazing, super eccentric detective from the Death Note manga and anime series. You remember L, right? Basically, he's always hunched over, constantly eating sweets, looks super strung out all the time. He's played by a black actor in the show. Something completely opposite, and no one's even mentioning that at all. And, and it's at that point that you have to realize, okay, this is not the Death Note that we are accustomed to. This is not the anime. This is not the manga. This is a brand new adaptation, and you should take it for what it is and stop getting so pissed about it. Honestly, I'm surprised it looks as good as it does. And the imagery alone from the trailer, while yes, a little more flashy than the traditional Death Note, brings to mind imagery from the show. Like the shot of the Death Note falling from the sky, a kid finding it, discovering its powers. That final shot at the very end of the trailer of a shrouded-in-the-shadow version of Ryuk, who is going to be voiced by Willem Dafoe, which I do think is actually a pretty good choice, because I think he's a very funny... Uh, voice actor, and I think he can bring a lot of gravitas to that character. I mean, look at what he did with the Green Goblin. Apply that to Ryuk, you got a really fun character. And it's not like Ryuk is supposed to be a super scary, intimidating character. He's supposed to look kind of creepy, but he has so much explosive, funny personality as well. An awkward personality, and that's what I can't wait to see on screen. We don't know what Ryuk is going to fully look like yet, but his overall outline looks a lot like the classic character. He's supposed to be a fun, goofy character. Yeah. He, he, he jo- you almost forget that he's the Grim Reaper yeah. throughout the show. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'd fuck your world all up if <laughs> yeah. you get weird, you know? So I think that, that Willem Dafoe's a perfect character choice for that. The other guys, I feel like a lot of unknowns are in there, too, that I don't know about, or at least Look, I have. I don't know who the kid is who's playing. I don't even know if his name is going to be Light like it is in the Japanese version. Yeah. Uh, for all we know, this is fucking Steve yeah. with the Death Note. We don't know. Um, Steve! Yeah, I'm, I'm sure his name actually still is Light. Damn or you, maybe Steve. That, or maybe that's even a uh, you know uh, some sort of nickname that he has for the character. I mean, obviously, he looks different than Light. He's a completely different character. Um, I don't know if he's going to have a lot of the same quirks where he's sort of like this super introverted, super smart student. Um, but I'm sure it's going to go down the same route of being about what happens when a human is given way too much power and doesn't necessarily know what to do with it. You know, going back to Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Or you can just become the god of a new world and fuck up all the serial killers in your residential area, which seems to be what's going on here. And Oh, by the way, here, let's just throw in some crazy Hollywood action scenes of a giant Ferris wheel falling over because why the fuck not? This is America, and we need a lot of ridiculous action scenes. But I'm going to take it for what it is. I'm going to judge it after I see it. I just want to see it first. I will say that it's looking way better than I thought it was going to. I agree. I, I The Death Note remake... Or not. I shouldn't say remake. I should say reinterpretation, yeah, or sure. however you want to call it. The, look, at the end of the day, Netflix doesn't make shit. So welcome to this. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Get over it, world. Yeah. It's going to be good. And guess what? Corey and I were fans of Death Note way before you start bitching about this. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what's up. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, Death Note is a storytelling show. It is a dialogue-driven show. Mm-hmm. So if they get the dialogue right, I think that we'll let some of that other stuff go. Yeah. You know, but it's also going to be very different in that sense because Japanese writing compared to American writing, night and day. You know, if there's one thing I've learned from watching a lot of anime, um, it's that people in anime, their vocabulary is way too good. 
Okay. They are so philosophical about the smallest things. And literate. Yeah, and it's going to be different here in the American version, big time. And I think that's going to be what probably separates it most. Not just the imagery, mostly the dialogue itself. But if it can still have that, like really tense game of cat and mouse that the series is known for because really that's the concept of the series is it's about the police force who are trying to capture this killer who has the ability to kill people by writing down their name and they don't know how he's doing it and for them to actually shove that into a movie format too that's a really interesting thing I originally thought they were going to kind of go like with the Marvel route where they were going to try to make like a television series out of this, which might have actually benefited it better. But again, we don't know yet. We're just going to have to see how this whole thing. Oh, they haven't announced. They haven't said if it's a movie or if it's It's like a movie. So it's not like a 10 episode thing. No, I don't know if that actually works for Death Note. I'll be honest. (laughs) Yeah, because there's so much going on. There's so many characters and you know what I actually really liked. I watched a large portion of the new Gaunts. I don't even want to say if it's new, but that that like weird cutscene. CG. Yeah, the CG. I haven't looked at that yet. Is that new or is that old? It's fairly new. It's fairly new. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's fairly new. They shove all that Gaunts information quick in there, and it's pretty good. Yeah. To be honest, I enjoyed it because it's everything you want about Gaunts. You know, mm-hmm. like the first time the guy goes into the Gaunts world, mm-hmm. he's like immediately surrounded by his team. And like, you know, there's other teams that are like super uh, that have killed a whole bunch of cool stuff already and have all the cool gear. Mm-hmm. Like they're there and they, they fight like an epic bad guy who can like handle getting hit by their weapons and it doesn't bother mm-hmm. him. And uh, just in general, I really liked that. I don't think the CG looks good, though. They look like fake, sort of. It looks like a big video game cutscene. Is it like Berserk bad? It it has moments there where it's that bad. Yeah, it's not very good. Wow, that's a but, shame. But uh, I will say overall, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, that's become a popular trend in anime as of late. Is doing a lot of CG shows that look absolutely shitty. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they can't seem to pull it off as well. I, I do think that anime works better in a more 2D format. I think it highlights the art a little bit more. And when you take that very distinctive angular art and you try to turn it into something that's in a 3D space, it just looks weird. Doesn't look strange. Good. I don't know why it works for, say, some American animation. Uh, there are times when it looks good in American animation, but then there are times it looks bad. But anime is just so distinctive that I really think it needs to just stay 2D a lot of the time. We'll see if it if that works, but, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they're they're gonna new mediums are coming and that's just kind of the way it's gonna work. Mm-hmm. So, do you also want to talk about our travels as of late? Do you want to detail this at any depth of our Las Vegas, New Orleans travels? Do you want to talk about Las these, Vegas and New Orleans? It'll get you drunk. They both do that very well. Yeah, they do. They love to get some booze in you as quickly yeah. as possible. So let's start with Las Vegas. Las yeah. Vegas is a fun place because it's like got all the shows and the the strip and the you know like uh, it's las vegas yeah but it's also compared to new orleans a hollow town yeah because new orleans has history and and style and a little bit of culture mixed in not class different (laughs) class is not what i'd say the thing the difference between new orleans and las vegas which i noted after going to both places is that new orleans is less pretentious about it they, they sort of wear that shit on their sleeves, whereas Las Vegas is constantly trying to pass itself off as, like, this super clean-cut person who underneath is actually kind of a dirtbag. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, we spend a lot of money on this hotel, so yeah. it's nice here. And we're like, yeah. It's like, but you see you, the Eiffel Tower over there? But that you, means we're classy. But you filled it with trash. Yeah. And people in uh, bride, bridal parties trying to get drunk, and they all have penis shit on. And, you know, like, <laughs> it's weird. Like, Las Vegas is a weird town. It's a great place to bring the fish. Family. No, it's not. Don't bring your family. There's there. one thing I learned that we do not bring your kids to Las Vegas. They'll have a shitty time. They won't be able to indulge in anything, which it's an adult oriented town. You're there to drink, gamble, and, you know, fuck. I mean, that's all you're really there to do is just have fun and go completely crazy three sheets to the wind. But man, it just came across as just so damn fake. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the initial, like, getting into Las Vegas, seeing all the lights and everything, it's just like the movies. It's really fun. You're like, whoa, this place is crazy. After about a day, though, I was just like, I'm already fucking sick of this place. Yeah. I can't stand it. It's not super fun. <laughs> uh, we were there for work, so it's also, you know, a little different because yeah. we had to, like, stay focused and mm-hmm. not do anything too crazy. But 
I enjoyed New Orleans so much yeah. more. Oh, yeah. New, uh, New Orleans was – it was different, too. We were on both places working on a job, but both those jobs were very different. New Orleans was definitely a little more laid back in what we were doing. And we had a better opportunity to sort of explore our surroundings and go – to. I mean, we were like two blocks from Bourbon Street. Yes. We were right in the thick of it. And damn, does that street live up to its name, man. Just You just walk down and you get this waft of just puke, beer – and pizza and this is better <laughs> than las vegas it is i don't know how it is but it it just is everybody's nice as shit some of the nicest people in the world if you're in las vegas you're walking down the street you bump into someone that dude's gonna be like hey man fuck you <laughs> you fucking do that on bourbon street even that to dude's a homeless gonna go, guy oh shit i'm sorry you want to get a shot yeah <laughs> it's like it's just so different even a homeless dude would be yeah. nice to you you know i don't know if he's gonna buy you anything but like like these guys are super nice mm-hmm. um also i feel like more southern charm is built in new orleans oh, yeah. that you don't get uh in las vegas you definitely get that southern hospitality in new orleans everybody's just so much more giving and they just want to make sure that you're comfortable and that you're going to have a good time las vegas is like the exact opposite of that they're like fuck how can we get the money out of that dude's pocket Quick do you want to start drinking and playing slots? Because that's what we do here. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted to do. Yeah. So anyway, guys, that's why we've been a little um, absent. Um, work crazy, busy. Yeah. We're also working on a whole giant six-episode documentary called The After Hours Club, which I don't want to give who much away right now, but it's going to be good. And we highly recommend when we come out with some stuff for it that you guys check it out. Yeah, we'd love to share that with you guys. We don't don't usually get into our... uh our work stuff too much but this has been such a unique opportunity and we've been able to travel to so many cool places that i i think it'd be remiss if we didn't share some of these experiences with you and we're still kind of like at the beginning of this journey Mm -hmm. uh we still have a couple more trips throughout the year that we're going to be doing so we'll definitely be able to share that with you guys um i mean damn dude that new orleans trip like we, we got right next to alligators and shit yeah we were hanging out with alligators we were killing it and we were on airboats you know with the big propeller behind it we were interviewing voodoo priestess we met tibetan monks tibetan monks we learned about buddhism from them you know like in general i felt like it was a world-changing experience you yeah know? it's, it's definitely changed my view on new orleans a lot and it's given me a lot more respect for that city and uh, we're going back apparently so i'm very excited for that i think that'll be great i can't wait to return to that city las Absolutely. vegas can eat a dick however las vegas i'm glad we're gone yep. um thanks guys so much for listening to our podcast this week we would love to talk about our sponsors Corey, do you have that info available of course i have that info of first course. and foremost I want to dedicate this episode to Patrick Duffy. This Ooh, guy the is Duff freaking man. awesome. He's worked with us so much on making this show possible and keeping it alive and keeping it on life support. We've been so busy lately that we've barely had an opportunity to even make the show a thing, and he's given us this opportunity to continue doing this. And you should definitely check out all of the shows that he works on, as well as the other shows at Rogue Intel. They're all amazing programs, totally worth your time, and you can download all of them. Make sure to also check them out on Blog Talk Radio. And, of course, if you guys want to help support all of these shows, another great way to do that is to go to Amazon.com. If you go to RogueIntel.com backslash Amazon and use that as a link to make all of your purchases, you'll actually be helping us out a lot in keeping all of these shows alive and allowing us to make this content even better for you guys. So if you're curious about some of the stuff we talked about today, like, say, Death Note, you want to check out the manga anime, use that link, buy it up at Amazon, and you guys are going to be doing a great thing by supporting all of these amazing programs. And we can't thank you guys enough for continuing to tune in to the Powerful Nerdcast. Remember, you guys can check us out just about anywhere. You can download the show for free. And, of course, if you have any video topics or questions that you want to ask us, please do so. We would love to talk about them on the air. Uh, that's really all I have for us today. Uh, Christian, got anything else? No, I, I agree, though. Uh, great great call um, letting Patrick Duffy be the person that uh this podcast is dedicated to that guy really helps us out a lot and uh cory is not joking where that guy loves making content mm-hmm. all he does he's is make, good at it he's too. good at making content he knows all the technical things from like you know like uh how to do a show with all the soundboards and stuff mm-hmm. to actually running a show on online he's good at it so please check out patrick duffy's shows on uh rogantel.com mm-hmm. um so that is it guys until next time the powerful nerdcast is out